What's up everyone and welcome to episode 138 of the Justin Insight podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and find out what makes them tick, but as you can probably tell from the episode title of this week, it's not going to be that, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, before we get into the whole spiel, quick apologies, apology, apologies, whatever the phrase is, um, for no episode last week, I was out on the road with Svalbard and Envy, which I think you will agree is a good enough excuse for... <laughs> there, so. I'm so busy touring with Envy. <laughs> uh, that crying sound that you hear is of my lovely elder brother. So uh, for regular listeners of the show, they will know that it's that time of the year again where I go around to his house and annoy him and ask for his top 10 records of the year. So... Adam, thank you again for for returning. You're welcome for returning. Yeah, I'm back. How's it going? <laughs> Guess <it's> yeah. <laughs> um, in the house that's looking very Christmassy. Yeah. We've got NFL Red Zone on the background. Yeah. No Seahawks until later, though, but they're, they're, they're going to go to the playoffs. It'll be fine. I have no no comment on the Seahawks. <laughs> I've, I've kind of been, yeah, I've just been a bit weirder this season than the NFL. Yeah, it was... The more the years go on, the more I sort of drift in and out of these seasons. But yeah, yeah, one of my favourite teams is going to be hopefully in the light for a possible Super Bowl. So I'm a bit more invested this time. Yeah. Well, as it is our records of the year list, as always, I ask top 10 records of the year. But just in general, 2019 for music for you, what was your kind of view on it? Good year, bad year? Um, Yeah, very good year, actually. it was quite hard to put my list together because I know I know your general format is like yeah we'll get ten records together which I'm always a bit sort of skeptical about because I'm generally when people do top lists it's like here's ten albums I really enjoyed from ten to one and one being my favorite record yeah yeah, yeah. that's probably not going to be the case with mine yeah. these are just ten records that I really liked like. If you put a gun to my head and said, give me 10 records you like this year, I'd, I'd say these. Yeah, it's, not, yeah, yeah. De- it's definitely like ascending order or anything. I yeah. just like, these are ones I've just kept coming back to. Uh, mine's kind of similar in that the top three, like the top three are like my top three records, but they're not like one, two and three for a reason. Like those three are probably all like my favorite records of this year. Yeah. Um, and they've kind of been in rotation of like, oh, which one is the favourite sort of thing. So Yeah, oh, there's a lot of swapping and changing. Yeah, more. yeah. Um, but also just in, in terms of 2019, what have kind of been your, your general highlights of this year? Oh, uh, generally, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. No, it's been a bit of a weird one this year, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's been a bit busy. Um so, uh, lots of cool shows we went to, lots of cool festivals. Yeah. Um, what did we start out with? Was it Outbreak. That Outbreak was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember who played now. Comeback Kid. Uh, Comeback Kid. Um, One King Down. Yeah. Where, backtrack. Down. Yep. Um, Candy. Candy. Jesus Peace. Oh, yeah. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. They've just done another one as well. But I think it's in... It's in Sheffield. It's in Sheffield. Yeah. It's yeah. later in the year. I think yeah, I yeah. might be away. So, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not really sure if i'm around yeah yet at the moment but did um what else to do all tomorrow's parties that was awesome that was awesome. a really good day that was in um victoria park in london oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was bon Iver, tallest man on earth uh snail mail oh that was the thing that 
like the, there was like a day where it was like a heavy day. And yeah, like that's right. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah so yeah. That we went on sort of, sort of more indie rock kind of day. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Um, what else was there? Art tangent. That was fun. Apart from the oh, torrential rain. I know, right? <laughs> but we made we made it a fun day, so it was cool. Apart from Sonny, who decided. Oh, so to quit funny. After, like. A day and a half, was yeah, it? Yeah, I know, but he was having a bad time, bless him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should probably mention, sorry if I sound a bit husky, I've been absolutely riddled with flu this week. Um, sinking about eight or nine beers last night probably didn't help either. What, so. did, you, uh, what did you do last night? Oh, I just went out for a meal. Some oh, fair enough. Well, yeah, we're here to I'm talk try, about... I'm going to try not to like, just sniff or yeah, whatever thing. We're here to talk about records, so... Um, I'm going to let you start it off this year. Okay. So we'll go with, with your your number 10. Okay, my number 10 is Division of Mind by Division of Mind. I knew this. I had a feeling this was going to crop up. Oh, <laughs> before we do fully get into it. So there's usually a bit of crossover with us. Mm. I'm not sure this year. I reckon there's... If I was going to place a bet, I'd say two out of the list. Yeah, I think two as well. Yeah, but yeah apart from that, I think... It's going to be quite quite varied, but yeah, it's going to be varied. But there's either almost certain there's going to be two. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, so yeah, division of mind. Division of mind. So you know full well I've kept a close eye on these guys yeah, for yeah. a while. Um, just like they haven't really done a whole lot. They've just from the reception they put out a couple of little quite shoddily recorded demos to be honest. But there was just something about it that grabbed me. Um, I, th- I think. After our conversation last time, I was getting a bit more excited about hardcore again. Yeah. Whereas I've kind of come back around full circle to like it getting a bit sort of <clears throat> interest sort of diminishing. But I guess because, you know, in the, I think last time we had a conversation about bands like uh, Code Orange and turnstile sort of mm. reigniting a lot of and i was like oh my god yeah there's still loads of really cool hardcore bands after not listening to the genre entirely for, yeah. for ages and like i said it's come back around now to be like okay well i'm kind of losing interest again now but these guys have always kind of stuck under my radar um and we were sort of promised a, a full length end of last year and we never got it until yeah. a couple of weeks ago so yeah obviously very excited and um, I, like I said, when was it released? Like literally a couple of weeks ago. I think ago. it was, yeah, literally like yeah. maybe three weeks ago. Yeah, it hasn't, hasn't left my Spotify a yeah. lot since. Okay, again, I don't know what it is about them. They've just got that, they've just got that bite. Yeah, yeah, They've just got that venom, I think. Yeah. They're just, they're like, people, I've seen people saying, oh, they're really scary, which is funny. <laughs> but like, it's, you can, when you listen to the record, you kind of get it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They're like, like, I use very sort of weird, sort of haunting samples and yeah. stuff like that and like when they sort of get into their songs it's quite it's, it's kind of sort of darky yeah. dark hardcore about sort of tinged about them uh, there's elements of like um, all out war a bit of hate breed and I'd say sort of the more harder moments of trapped under ice in there yeah, if I was going to pitch all their sound but um, from what I can understand they're not too active I think what as a band as a band yeah, yeah. Um, they've got I think they've made a point of having no social media presence. yeah which is like considering the day and age we live in for a band to yeah. not have any kind of internet presence yet have so much hype around them yeah. is, is yeah, commendable yeah definitely 
I'll think, oh, I remember listening to a podcast. Um, do you know the dude from, um, he used to be in a band called Breakaway. Um, I know the band. Name, he's but... quite a prominent uh, dude and his pro- prominent figure in his local hardcore scene right, in Richmond. Okay. He's got his own podcast and he invited the guy from this band onto his podcast. Oh, okay. And he <laughs> kind of explained their situation like they're all very busy with full-time work and stuff like that. And he himself travels around doing various bits and bobs. But he he also does a kind of like a noise project. Right, which okay. is That kind, kind of explains of, Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I've hope I'm, I'm I'm optimistic we might see him on a couple of tours over here. I hope so. Yeah, I think they maybe like maybe one for next year, but then if they kind of get the momentum behind them, then maybe a few few more down the line. Yeah, potentially. Um, I think it's quite interesting because like I was very similar to you. I was very excited about the record, but I haven't really sat with it enough. I don't think for it to be in my top ten. It is. Don't get me wrong. It's a really fucking cool record, mm. um, and I think it's quite interesting because I, I put it on when we were in the van, and um, the, I think so. The first couple of tracks, Serena kind of made a, a mention of sort of like oh, it's like riffs wise, it's quite sort of bread and butter hardcore. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But there's just like, and she made this comment as well. There's like, as you kind of said, it's just that like venom and bite to it that kind of. I, I, again, I can't remember the exact track, but there's just a bit where it just like comes in like proper chunky, and it's sort of like, oh no, this is like what makes this stand out. Like it's just got that kind of, not the sort of token crowd kill. No, absolutely part, not. No, but it's just a big like yeah. beefy like the guitars go from riffing to chugging to that's what's making them stand apart from. I don't know your. I can't, bands have kind of gone out of my head now but maybe your Jesus piece is a little bit like yeah. that kind of sound that's kind of very prominent in American hardcore specifically at the moment like that's what makes them stand apart from it I think yeah yeah but yeah I think sorry Mom. like you say they're not they're not entirely original like like you say bread and butter is a good sort of way to put it but um like I said, there's just something about their sort of their attitude. Mm. Like they're, they're just well, they come full out with these like really brutal songs, and um, yeah, I guess that's why it's my number ten. Yeah. I, 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 the the fact that I was hyped about them anyway, and then I finally got this full length, so that's why I made it. Yeah, uh, just one more like note on on division of mine before we go into my number ten. I still think it's hilarious that so when they played FYA the video that was put up of them, I can't remember who it was by, it wasn't Hate Five Six, but a similar kind of right. person. Um, they opened their set with a sample and there were people hate moshing to <laughs> a sample. And I was like, is this really what hardcore has become in 2019? Yeah, they'll, they'll just, they'll start opening the pit over or anything. Yeah, though. but there we go. But yeah, yeah cool. Um, so my number 10 is one that similarly was kind of late in the day, not as late in the day as Division of Mind, and has kind of pushed something out of my, what was in my top 10, just because I keep going back to this record, and it's Sleep Token Sundowning. Interesting. Um, now, for those who aren't aware, Sleep Token is kind of like a... sort of like an R&B meets gen math 
hardcore band. It sounds awful, doesn't it's, it? Well, that's the thing. On paper, it sounds <laughs> yeah. horrendous. But everything they've done with what they are is incredible. Like their branding, their imagery. And like when you actually listen to it, something about it just works. And like I remember when they first kind of announced what the project was. So my understanding is that the quote-unquote musicians in the band have always been involved in sort of that kind of mathcore scene. Um, I think the bassist is from Tesseract, I think, somebody thinks. Um, Because he's quite a distinctive guy. He's like six foot something. He's pretty lanky. Okay, yeah. Um, So there's inklings of people knowing who the quote-unquote band are. But the vocalist seems to have come out of nowhere mm. and he's just got this incredible angelic voice that doesn't fit the music, like especially when they go heavy. So like when I kind of like first was introduced to it, I was a bit like, what the fuck is this sort of thing? Did you did you know about them pre Arctangent yes. then? Yeah, oh yeah, right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um But then like the more I listened to it, I was sort of like, this is actually really interesting. And then we saw them at ATG, and I was like, oh, I get it now. And just, so, again, for those who don't know, they the way they kind of released this record is, I think, all bar two of the songs were released as singles. They just drip-fed, like, one a month for, like, a year, basically, um, and then released the whole record. So it felt a little bit cheap in that the songs were already already out there. But when you kind of hear it as a whole sort of collective, it kind of works. And as I say, there are these kind of like really beautiful sort of angelic moments and sort of really well-crafted lyricism and it's quite self-reflective. But then all of a sudden it will just go into this like really horrible down tunes, like chugging guitars and like the drummer is nuts like some mm. of the drum fills in the record are just like i don't have a clue what timing he's in but it's just yeah it's just ridiculous yeah. and i just it was a record that i just kept finding myself going back to and back to and like it was the kind of more softer songs that i was enjoying more like levitate is essentially kind of like an r&b ballad but it's just that voice and the kind of underlaying music to it just does something about it just really really yeah. works and yeah yeah it just kept going back to it so it snuck, snuck into my top 10 yeah awesome um <coughs> yeah i knew absolutely nothing about them before we went to Arc tangent and uh when when we all eventually got together in the same place for Arc tangent we were yeah. like, all right, well, let's go and check out sleep token all right cool yeah and then yeah i just i wasn't I'm not ready for that at all. It was one of my highlights. Yeah. It was like, I walked out of it thinking, that was like the 1975 they played on 8-strings. That's what <laughs> yeah. I got from it. But yeah, it was rad. I really enjoyed it. But the only thing for me is how they, the release format of the album where it was like um, one song every two weeks and yeah, then yeah. inevitably becomes an entire album. By the time said entire album was here, I was just like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Know. I was kind of, it was, it was a risky move for a debut. I think. Yeah, I do. I agree, but I thought I. I don't know. I think just because like. I'd kind of listened to what the songs were, kind of out of order, and then sort of going to what <clears> it is now on the record in order, 
it kind of makes a bit of sense. Yeah. Um, like it is by no means like a perfect record. There's like very skippable tracks on on the record, and I think one of them being the one of the tracks they didn't release. So it kind mm. of that maybe sort of speaks volumes, sort of thing. Yeah. But I think it's just kind of interesting to see a band in sort of 2019 kind of trying something a bit different not just musically but in terms of kind of creating a brand and creating a way of releasing an album in what is now a digital age like Mm. yeah i'm a record collector but most music now is directed at being released as a digital format for first and foremostly yeah so it I was it was interesting to see that they did it that way and kind of built everything around that. But yeah, I don't I don't know. As a body of work, I just think it works really well. Yeah, I think so. I think we enjoyed it so much that we got tickets for the tour. Yeah, coming up, right? Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm pretty sure they're playing in a church in Bristol. Oh, which, that'd be excellent. Which says it all. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, I'm really forward to that. Cool. Um, I'm gonna continue. Um, and go completely away from my number 10. Uh, so my number 9 is Denzel Curry and Zoo. It took me a while to get on board with Denzel Curry, I'll be totally honest. Um, I think his previous release I'd kind of dabbled in a little bit, but when this record came out I heard so many people <coughs> just sort of hyping it up, and I was like, I, th- I don't know. As lame as this sounds, like the name kind of put me off a little bit as well. So I was like, Denzel Curry just sounds a bit shit. <laughs> but so I thought, like, so many people kind of going on about it. So I whacked it on and I was sort of like, yeah, okay, I, I get this. Like, it's it's pretty cool. Like, he's got quite a unique voice for, for hip hop. He's got, again, like, similar to Sleep Token, he's got good sort of imagery around him. Um, and I kind of then left it. And it wasn't until I heard him on um, Sonic Song Exploder podcast talking about the song Ricky, uh, which is a song about like his dad and his dad sort of placing va- values in him of kind of never forgetting your roots sort of thing, and just kind of hearing him talk about how he constructs the song and the album kind of put it in a different perspective so after i listened to that i kind of went back and listened to zoo and i was sort of like again it's kind of similar again with sleep token i was just something all of a sudden kind of clicked with it it was like oh okay i get this now and the more i listened to it the more because i've i've been a hip-hop fan for like since college but i've never been heavily into it i don't think not compared to Mm. yourself like I think you're a lot more sort of clued into it than I well, am. Do you want to know the ironic thing? Go I haven't on. heard this record. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I haven't heard one single track on oh, this album. Okay, that's what, that kind of surprises me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, I've always kind of been into it, but not massively. But I kind of went into it, and like, the more I kind of listened to it, I was sort of like, there's a lot of kind of crossover with sort of punk and hip-hop in this. And it transpires he's very into like his punk sort of stuff I think like there's been it might just be kind of a PR thing or not I don't know but there's been like images of him like on stage wearing sort of like Slipknot shirts and and things like that and 
but I think like he's even spoken about like when he was younger I think he was in like metal bands and stuff yeah um so I think that kind of sensibility kind of made it make a bit more sense to me um yeah I just really enjoyed it like the the first kind of six solid six tracks like flow really well um there's kind of a little little bits of skits in there that kind of like almost kind of make a narrative kind of of it but i think that's kind of gonna happen in any hip-hop record but i think sometimes that those skits can kind of take you out of an album but this it sort of works really well and yeah it's kind of it's nice to again you're probably more clued into this than i am but it's nice to kind of hear like a a voice in hip-hop that isn't something that's in the mainstream that could still cross yeah. into that but is almost diy in that yeah. aspect yeah I'll, I'll get um it. so yeah i think that's why like not say so, oh i don't want to sell out sort of thing because yeah. inevitably like he's a cool dude there's going to be people that gravitate towards him but i i find like when you have rappers like kendrick lamar for, for instance like don't get me wrong i like his music but it's not something i'm going to go mad about purely because it's always on the radio sort of thing like it's like oh i can hear it on the radio i'm not going to seek it out sort of thing whereas mm. this to me kind of felt like oh i needed to dig into it and i think that's why yeah. i liked it a bit more because i had to kind of do my research sort of thing. yeah fair enough yeah yeah i sort of it's weird i'll because he's done some cool stuff this year as well like he 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 done part of a collab with um flying lotus mm and he did that really awesome Rage Against the Machine cover I saw on Yeah, YouTube. and he did a track with Slow Tie as well. Did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. excellent. Yeah, but I haven't, like I said, I haven't had one single track on this. Oh, so there you go. I am meeting a nuke. <laughs> <laughs> so right. you're number nine. My number nine is Sheer Mag. A dis- okay. A Distant Call, yeah. Um, do, you, do you remember when, I can't remember where we were going, it was some, in London somewhere. I had it just like on repeat. Oh, dude, it was like two and a half hours <laughs> of purely Sheer Mag. I was like, Shall I like change this? I was like, oh, we're nearly there, we're nearly there, and like an hour pass. So it's like, when we were going to see Power Trip. Um, I'm not Power I didn't Trip. see Power Was um, it Converge? Maybe. Converge and uh, Sect, Sect and, yeah. and Terror. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah it was that yeah, one, yeah. Because yeah. we were stuck in traffic rages. I was like, oh, I never want to hear Sheer Mag ever again. <laughs> Even though I like, cause that was the, um, what do you call it? The. Uh, what do you call it when they bumped all their compilation? Yeah, the compilation albums together, and then the EP as well. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they dropped this in the summer, and I absolutely fell in love with it. Yeah, um, it's if you're not aware, they're, they're sort of five piece from Philadelphia, and they're very inspired by uh, well, they're a punk band essentially, but they're very inspired by sort of seventies classic rock. Yeah, um, which you wouldn't have thought of from their aesthetic. Like they've got sort of a very metal aesthetic. Would you see, like if you see some dude at a show in a sheer mag shirt, you'd think, oh, they're like crust punk or something. Yeah, I get I, it. Kind of like their logo, kind of almost has like a hair metal feel yeah. to it. Yeah, I get what you mean. Mm. Yeah, this was my. I don't know if I mentioned it already. My perfect summer record. Yeah, I've listened to this pretty much all summer. Like the the songs are so catchy, and um, she's got such an incredible, powerful voice. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just they've. They've been busy touring this record. I know that they've they've played from everyone from like Mac DeMarco to Power Trip. Yeah, that's yeah. how sort of varied 
their fan base could potentially be well, yeah. well it is but um yeah I've, I've just like i said i've just kept coming back to this all over summer it was just it's not it's it's upbeat like the songs are well written the guitar's fantastic the uh, how can i explain this it's not like they don't do i mean there's plenty of riffs but they have a basic riff for a song but the guitar just sort of seems to jam all through the songs yeah, it's not yeah, like you mean. here's a riff first it's here's not a like riff part, part, part. It's, part, like it's just like flows underneath. continuously it's not like a like a solo but he's just sort of jamming along to the bass for the entire album yeah yeah he's very talented um yeah so that's why that's my number nine see i i do like i really like sheer mag but this album for some reason just didn't hit me really i like the i think the two singles they released off it i can't remember the name of it got me really excited for this record mm. and then when i heard it i was a little bit like oh you've gone in that direction sort of thing because it's like for what 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 direction do you mean so, like? so so in comparison to like the ep this is a lot more indie leaning in my opinion oh uh, yeah i understand agree which like isn't a bad thing at all but i don't know i just think like for me from the the way that the singles were sounding it was still kind of a punk record with indie leanings whereas now it's an indie record with punk leanings in like my view it's still a good record don't get me wrong but i just i think because i I loved the ep so much Mm. it's just taken me a little while to kind of get on board with with the record but it's still it's still a solid record maybe it's my age maybe but i thought it was more accessible now (laughs) (laughs) um we'll go with your number eight Okay, my number eight is Fuming Mouth, The Grand Descent. Okay, so before you get into it, that was the one that was pushed out by Sleep Token. So Fuming Mouth really? was in my top ten, but it got pushed out. Okay, fair enough. Um, wasn't, like, didn't have my eye very close on them until they released this record. Oh, I did. I've, did so, you? So, so for me, they were kind of like my division of mind. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um didn't know a whole lot about them apart from the fact that they're very sort of entombed HM2 yeah. influenced and like I was like okay I've, I've had a fair share of that recently I'm, I'm not too bothered if I don't get into these guys but they released the single and it was just like fucking hell <laughs> yeah like it's funny I remember when this came out there's uh, I think someone I saw uh, someone mentioned on Twitter like they they know the the guy that's responsible for writing all these sort all these songs. Like, I think it's these this the guy who does the vocals. I'm not yeah. sure if he does guitar. I think yeah, he's a guitarist and, and vocalist. From but from what I understand, he pretty much um, comprised everything together, mm. like the riffs and all that sort of stuff. And then he got for 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 touring purposes, he got one of the dudes from um, oh fuck me, what are they called? Um, Cruel Hand, right on guitar, and then he got the guy from Twitching Tongues for, on drums. Just oh, for okay, pure, yeah. And it's, yeah, sorry, I need to go back. It was basically this guy said, like, look, I know this guy and I know how much he's he put into this release. Mm. And, like, and he, he's sweat, blood and tears, sold his soul to the devil to get this to sound exactly how he wanted yeah. it. So when when I read that, I was just like, okay, I get it. Because yeah, they yeah. went to Kurt Palou for the production. And it's funny, I'll picture, like, them walking up to him saying right we've got this record we really like to be, you to be a part of it and he's like am i really gonna do another entombed <laughs> yeah. star record again okay if i'm gonna do it 
everything is going to be blasted. Yeah. Because it sounds insane, yeah. this record. Insane. Like Again, I, I didn't know if I had room for an, another Entombed-inspired yeah, band. Yeah. But, yeah, this this record just kicks ass. Yeah. Like, the, the, the riffs, like, they're just... It's not your standard open one, open two, open one. It, they are just all over the fretboard, like... It's just wailing out on those on those riffs, and yeah, I was, again, I just I can't speak highly enough of the production. It just it just does it wonders for it, um, and the the sort of surprising kind of melodic parts as well crept in as yeah. well. I thought like there's almost like a chanty kind of part in there yeah, somewhere yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely solid record. Fair play to Fume in Mouth. Yeah, and as I say, like if if it wasn't for that Sleep Token record, it would have been in my top ten as well. Um, I think I me- I mentioned to you when it sort of around the time of re- the release of it, it's sort of it's very much filled that void that was has been left by Trap Them in yeah. terms of like just the sheer kind of brutality. Well, that's the it. thing because Trap Them is very sort of thrash inspired. I wouldn't say so much about this. This is very sort of just like. Like a like a juggernaut, yeah, of yeah. power basically, like yeah. it's very sort of stomping. Yeah, I mean they do go pretty sort of thrashy at times. Like the I put my standout track is probably Out of the Shadows, which is um, a single they dropped off it, and that 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 to me sounded like okay they've gone full on trap them slash nails. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, that's, the next track will be a sort of a bit more sort of not slower, but just more sort of rhythmic pounding kind yeah, of yeah. style. And I think as well, like they're even though they've kind of have got that in, as you say, that entombed HM2 sound, mm. like there's more of like a, a hardcore element to it. And I think like the so, the song "Vision of Purgatory," like yeah. it's just that bit which is like, yeah, yeah. oh, purgatory. sounds so it's just brutal, fucking yeah. like so ferocious. Yeah. Like, but you can imagine like. At a hardcore show, just like kids going yeah. fucking wild for that sort of thing. Why the fuck do I have to suffer? Yeah, how yeah. hard does that bit? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but yeah, like I, I did really, really enjoy this record. It was especially like when it came out. I think I listened to it sort of like nonstop for yeah, sort of about a week, kind of thing. Um, also, I can never remember the dude's name, but the guy who did the the artwork. Oh yes, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, um, just everything he seems to do, mm. like. Obviously, he is obviously fully aware of like the records he's putting his name to, but it's just everything is just incredible. And yeah. obviously, there's like a theme to his sort of artwork mm. is always this kind of like uh, sort of mysterious sort of ghost reaper sort of yeah, figure. very gothic. Um, and it's quite funny. Somebody pointed out to me if you put so for people that want to look it up, I can't. He's a po- some Polish guy i can't can't remember his name no but he did the the bell witch mirror reaper record um as well as the fuming mouth record and he also did it's gonna really annoy me because i interviewed the band and now i can't remember what it's called oh shit no No, fuck it i can't remember but they're like the imagery so if you put those three records together even though they're all completely different sounding bands like the artwork because it's by him almost tells a story which yeah, is really yeah. fucking cool mm. um but yeah like that's an another thing like it's got that artwork that kind of just captures you that you have that intrigue and then i think it just start like it's just from the start it's just like 
kick you in the bollocks this is what we're gonna do mm. and it's just off to the race as it goes sort of thing defo um so in a verily well not i guess not too dissimilar nature but in a different sound but in terms of kind of the way it's put together my number eight is meth uh mother of red light so uh they are now a full a full band i think there's six of them but meth initially started as um a like a bedroom project by this guy called uh sebastian alvarez and it's so the first kind of demos and ep were kind of I guess kind of daughters esque, but was very much like in line with the whole sort of gift from God, see you space cowboy, like that whole new wave of um, like metalcore revival kind of. Not necessarily metalcore, but like that sort of like sasscore, like as much as I hate <laughs> using that yeah, yeah. that term, um, and like. Yeah, so it was, I was kind of like intrigued from the start because it was in lumped in with that, but it kind of had a bit more of sort of like a dirgier tone to it. And then when this record came around, it was just... it For me, it just kind of completely came out of left field. Like, I was aware of the band and everything, but hadn't really kind of gone into it. But this record, like, I think it's... 10 track 10 or 11 tracks i can't remember now without looking um but none of them sound the same but it still has an element of that kind of sort of math core metal core vibe to it um but it's the best way i can describe it is how daughters came back with their their record last year <laughs> it's almost like someone's gone I can do that, but 2019. Right. And and that's kind of what it is. Like, There's songs where it sounds like Old Daughters, but then the like the standout track, in my opinion, is a song called Inbred, and it's literally just like a repetitive riff over and over with like a weird kind of drum time signature and Seb's vocals rather than them being screamed are just almost kind of like spoken but like in a really sort of like I can't be bothered uh, sort of tone kind of thing Okay. but then the next track will be like all over the shop okay. and it's just yeah there's just something about it that just for me it kind of it came at a time that my band were recording mm. and it was kind of like sat like well, that's what I want our record to sound like so I kept kind of going back to it and sort of like saying to to Gary our bass player like that's the tone that we need like we like that's how we should be sounding mm -hmm. and I think just because I sat with it so much and like it's it is such a weird record like that's what made it stand out to me that yeah. I think that like the closing track for instance I think it's like seven or eight minutes long but within that seven and eight minutes it it's like three different songs smashed into one sort of thing mm. so yeah it was just something that's was kind of really out of left field i wasn't expecting it it's like it's really ferocious but then like flips and can be really bleak and yeah it was just a i thought it was just a really cool record yeah fair play not familiar at all no but and also on the same note i hate to sound again like 
sound like the old man here, but none of this <laughs> metalcore revival thing is doing absolutely anything for me. Like I heard that Sea Space Cowboy record. Yeah. Like, no, absolutely not. Not no. feeling one bit of this. I mean, some of it's pretty cool. Like the Sanction record last year was quite cool. Um, I don't mind the Sea Space Cowboy record. Obviously, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Meth's metalcore at all. It's just kind of got that as I say that kind of weird sort of math core yeah. like strangeness that daughters used to have on kind of like hell songs and stuff like that okay. but also like just weird dirgy stuff as well so yeah. yeah I wouldn't necessarily lump them in with that but they I think people associate them with bands like Sea Space Cowboy and Gift From God and Wrist Meat Razor because they have leanings into that especially like in their faster songs like the guitar tone and, yeah. and things like that nice but yeah cool uh we'll go your number seven okay right <laughs> um, no no no, no it's because i thought i had something else down so i might have to make a bit of an on-the-spot decision here <laughs> <sighs> okay right but just purely because i've kind of <coughs> made notes i'm gonna go with bat for lashes lost girls right okay but I was torn between this and the Charlie XCX record. Okay. Neither of which I've really listened to. to no. Honest, so. Yeah, the Char- the Charlie XCX record is probably one of the best pop releases I've heard in a long time. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I won't go into that because it's not my number seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so about Flashes, I think um, the live experience I had with them recently helped to this yeah, in, a lot, in a church in Brighton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's just her and... Oh, no, sorry. It's her and... Um, maybe one other like another like a i'm not sure if it's a member of a band or a friend or what just helping out with the harmonies but it was just like all majority of the songs from this record just kind of stripped down um and sort of i got the ambience of the church and yeah stuff yeah. like that it just it really helped it and it's just like i remember uh saying to a friend of mine it was like do you know what like if they if she just released the album recorded the songs like this like I'd, I'd be just as happy because yeah. it sounded fantastic but yeah they dropped she sorry she dropped the song um kids in the dark uh just before the album's released and because she kind of went off the radar for a little while i imagine her, her record before she released this was like maybe 2015 yeah but from what i understand she's just kind of i think she, i don't know if she had a change in heart of like what she wanted to do with herself but she went out to um, LA to study film at UCLA because that was kind of her passion yeah. and things like that but from what I understood and she was kind of explaining at the show she's like it kind of reignited my passion for music because I realised where I want to be involved in the film world um, there's room for you know things like soundtracks and things like that yeah yeah so that's where a lot of these songs have come from so each each track has kind of like a story like kids in the dark is basically about um about vampires so it's based it's based on the lost boys to some extent hence the title lost girls yeah um and it's got kind of got that very sort of 80s inspired synthy kind of really lush sort of sound which i'm I'm an absolute sucker for so i think that's why it fit very nicely in my seven but yeah. again, I I don't know if I forgot. I didn't change it out, but I was just like I re- revisited that Charlie XX record, and I was just like, oh, it's just such a banger. <laughs> I don't know if I can leave it off the list. 
But um, well, we'll get to my, so I guess I've kind of cheated it. So. I guess, but I kind of cheated a little bit, haven't I? But hey ho, <laughs> yeah, number seven, back for lashes. Um, that's the thing. So I've never really been one to dive into bat for lashes. Like I think maybe it was like in uni. I can't remember. There was a point where they seemed to be everywhere, though. I can't remember when it was. Yeah. And like. I sort of dipped in and out, and I was sort of like, yeah, this is cool, but it's not particularly my cup of tea. But then, again, I saw a lot of people raving about this record, and I was sort of like, oh, okay, I'll give it another listen. And, like, it is a it is a cool record, but I, the second time I'm going to shout out this podcast on this podcast, I listened to an episode that she did on of Song Exploder. Yeah, I need to get into that a bit more. Um, and it was the... Is it Ch- Children in the Dark? <gasps> Kids in the Dark, Kids in yeah. the Dark, sorry. That's the one that she did. Yeah. And like you said, she explained that... Natasha Khan's her name. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, she explained that she basically kind of almost fell out of love with music. Yeah. Um, but kind of got offered to do, I think, a soundtrack for a film um, and sort of started kind of going about it. But then as Hollywood is Hollywood, like the, the film fell through and stuff, but she obviously had all these songs for it. Yeah. And that's essentially what became kids in the dark and therefore the rest of the record so to say so from that standpoint like i guess kind of like how me doing a bit more sort of research into denzel curry that record made more sense like when you have that sort of context and then bless you um that context and then listens to the record it kind of makes sense to it in that I don't, I guess it doesn't it's not as particularly like the album flows like track to track sort of thing but like I guess if you can't what's the word I'm looking for like break it up into chunks yeah but like it makes sense yeah, that yeah, way yeah. rather than it being like one body of work that's fl- uh, like a single flow sort yeah of yeah thing. sure yeah I know what you mean yeah. oh yeah cool so um, my number seven I was kind of flitting with similar to, to yeah. you number seven what to put in this one but i finally settled on this um so i'm gonna stick with it uh, my number seven is abuse of power what on earth can we do um anybody that knows me i'm an absolute sucker for melodic hardcore this is an absolute perfect melodic hardcore record um i've been a big fan of them for for quite a while now and when they announced that they were doing a full length. I was super, super stoked. Um, and it, yeah, it just matched everything that I wanted that record to be. Like, they've kind of got... It's not sort of... So w- with me, like Melodic Hardcore, I like when there's sort of, sort of like two-steppy bits and sort of gang vocally bits and stuff like that. That's what I gravitate towards. But this doesn't necessarily have those clearly defined mm. but there's just something about this i think it's the the guitar tone and mixed with the guy's voice that kind of make it a bit different to i don't know like an, i know it's not necessarily melodic hardcore but like a band like inclination or something like um uh like Millspec or something like that mm. like there's just that they've just got that something that cut, puts them apart from from the other bands. Yeah. Um, 
I think the fact that they have a glowing endorsement from Have Heart helps. Okay. Um, Are they kind of similar to ha- Have Heart in sound or? Not. Because oh, I don't think I've listened to this. Not massively, but like. You can tell that they are kids that listen to Have Heart sure. and have now kind of gone on and done their own. Doesn't that thing. make you feel really old? Like, yeah, <laughs> like there's bands that are now like what? When did Have Heart break up? Uh, 2010. Yeah, who now like who look up to Have Heart as like these kind of legacy mm. act and like now sort of. Uh, sort of mimicking sound and style. Yeah, and you're like we were there when they fucking broke up. Yeah, Jesus. yeah. I hate when that happens. But it's like it's cool that that sort of sound has kind of come back ground in hardcore, in my opinion, because it was getting very bogged down with the let's fucking kill yourselves, kill each other, sort of <laughs> like. Mosh, yeah, like moshcore <laughs> bands, which yeah. don't get me wrong, like has its place. The moshcore, but I've always lent more towards like the melodic hardcore bands, yeah. like Have Heart, Modern Life Is War, uh, More Than Life. Like those kind of bands have been <laughs> what got me into hardcore, and it's nice to see there's now like a younger generation of bands that are coming through have been influenced by those bands and are sort of carrying the torch and I think if this record's anything to go by Abuse of Power are going to be the next sort of not necessarily the next Have Heart but like kind of along where Fury are like they, they'll be on the coattails of Fury and mm. and stuff like that Um but yeah like in terms of kind of their progression this was like the perfect step up from their EP um, I think it's only like nine tracks, but it's like you can listen to it and then just go again and go again, in my opinion. So, yeah, really, awesome. really enjoyed this. Is um Triple B release? I believe so. I so. Yeah. yeah, I think they've yeah. had quite another solid year, haven't they? I, I, I just, can't keep up with them now. Yeah, I know. It's just ridiculous. That guy's super busy. Yeah, it's just like, I swear, as soon as he's got one release done, there's just another one coming. Yeah, just... I think it's because he's, he's made such a name that, like, you know. Uh, Younger bands starting out in the US are just like, oh yeah, if we we get on the right shows, maybe if we can get you know Triple B's attention. Yeah, like they're they're they're, they're kind of what Death, Death Wish were. Like exactly what I was going to say. Exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, okay. Am I number six? You go number six. Okay. Pretty much on the contrary to a lot of what you just said. My number six is Knocked Loose, <laughs> a different shade of blue. Um. Right. I'll be first to admit, I proper old man this band when I first yeah. heard them. Laugh tracks was like I remember hearing one of the tracks and the dude was like barking like for a mosh call I'm like you fucking serious with this I heard a song fuck out yeah again. that one yeah that's the one and I was just like <coughs> yeah and I was just like I, I, I don't know where I went <coughs> where I was where this came out but yeah. I'm glad I wasn't like anyway yeah hated it absolutely hated it I was just like all I thought about was like hate moshers and yeah. stuff like that Nah, don't want any part of it. And they were like kind of, they were sort of describing themselves. Oh yeah, we, we were very much influenced by like Disembodied and Martyr AD. And I didn't hear any of that. Yeah, I just thought it was like a, like a again like a hate moshy degen record, which yeah, sounds yeah. fucking terrible. But anyway, enough of the negative stuff. Um, <laughs> they dropped the single to what was 
never to be gonna be in this album i forget what it's called now that's the one and i was like shit man this is fucking cool yeah like okay they kind of got their act together a bit more like they have they certainly haven't matured because it's definitely the same kind of uh sound that they were doing but they're just kind of like we know what we want to do more yeah. i don't know if they sort of chalked up a lot of sort of touring experience with like the bands that they wanted to tour with but they just kind of got it they obviously sat down in the room because like right this is how we're going to do this now and it's i don't know it was just sort of really clicked with me and i was just like okay this is kind of the future of what hardcore is now yeah and i'm, yeah. I'm totally okay with that like it just it sounds absolutely brutal and the dudes i don't know how that guy's going to hold out much longer with his voice man he's absolutely yeah insane. yeah it's like I'll go into a bit more because this is yeah, one yeah, that yeah. will creep up on my list as okay. well. But like, so this is one of the two yeah, that I anticipated. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, his voice is just like it, he's kind of embraced the shrillness of his voice, yeah. and I think that's what, in my opinion, makes it stand out. One of the things that makes it stand out from Laugh Tracks, yeah, because Laugh Tracks was kind of like I I really liked Laugh Tracks, but it was kind of like them sort of. <laughs> almost putting the toe in the water sort of thing whereas now this is like oh no we're in at the deep end and mm. we're fully embracing what knocks loose is sort of yeah thing. yeah i mean like there's there are your your standard kind of mosh calls and stuff on this yeah but like i just feel like they've taken a bit more of a darker approach to it yeah like lyrically as well as musically and there's some really nice little ambient interludes as well which i'm yeah. a big fan of because um, is it the guitarist that's also in Inclination? Yes, yeah. I mean, I guess I'll shout them out as an honourable mention um, as they come up. But yeah, that, their EP they dropped earlier yeah. was one of my favourites as well. But obviously he's... That's kind of... Um, what would you compare that to? That's kind of like a One King Down kind of thing meets... What, Inclination? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like he's... The dude's varied with his with his influences. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, I'll bring... Because well, he's in another band as well, which I, I always forget the name of. Yeah. Um. And again, it's, it's a completely different sound. So. Yeah. I, f- I think his vocals are excellent on yeah. this as well. They sound so it's good. It's just that bit in, in, I think it's in Mistakes Like Fractures, where he's like, I cried. Oh, yeah. fucking nuts. <laughs> so yeah. good. But the thing is as well, like, he, like, obviously they all can live, but because I recently saw them, but like, he can do those fucking low vocals live and it just sounds so brutal. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm gutted I haven't got the chance to see him live. I've seen plenty of videos. Yeah, yeah. But um, I got off. that's another thing, another tip to the um, production on this as well. Was it, mm. uh, was it Will Putney? I think this? so, yeah. Yeah, he's done quite a lot recently. Right? Yeah. But you can, like, the, it sounds so good that you could, like, during, like, the really big like hard beat downs it's like you can almost picture yourself looking out for the the feet flying your way do you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. he's, he's done that much of a good job yeah, yeah. of capturing the energy yeah that um yeah it just really resonates on this one and yeah. um some nice nicely placed guest spots as well yes. i thought like, yeah. it's not like like the keith buckley for example it's not like it doesn't feel to me like hey guys we got keith buckley in this. yeah and i think i think like because i was going to touch upon this when, when I get to it, but mm. it's nice that the the two that are there, it's one person that is well established in Keith Buckley mm. and one person that 
maybe a lot of not loose fans don't know in M from Dying um, Dying Wish. Okay. So like, it's really cool that they've kind I'm of. I'm going to make a note of that. What's the, what's the band? Dying Wish. Dying Wish. Cool. Yeah. Um. So it's really cool that like they've kind of taken that approach to it because I think, like, Brian from Not Loose, I think he's been on maybe. To hazard a guess, like five guest spot records yeah. this year, which like that is like we've got Brian from Not Loose. Yeah. Well, he's got thing. such a distinctive style yeah. that people want it. But like, as you say, this doesn't feel like a oh we've got Keith from Every Time I Die yeah. sort of thing. And it's like again with this is no disrespect to Dying Wish because I fucking love that band, but it's not like they've gone yeah we've got M from Dying Wish because not that many people are necessarily going to have heard of them at this moment until maybe now and they've might have gone out and, and checked their band yeah yeah sort of thing well literally just then I was like oh yeah that's the because I forgot the name of the band like she sounds rad on the track and I was just like oh yeah yeah that's that band Dying Wish so I've just literally yeah. made a note of it there you go yeah. but yeah we'll probably talk about this a little bit more in a bit <laughs> um, so my number six which I think might be the other one that we're both going to have yeah I'm not sure, maybe. Slow tie, nothing great about Britain. No. Oh, okay. No, it didn't make my list, actually. Okay. Um, this, admittedly, part of this is because of who he is. Okay. But I do really enjoy the record as mm. well. Like, <coughs> he's just, I think everything that he embodies is perfect time and place in 2019. 100%. Like, he's a guy that does whatever the fuck he wants talks about whatever the fuck he wants like i think the thing that got me about this record as well like he's not the greatest rapper but what he's talking about is so poignant and relevant is that's what kind of makes you listen yeah and the fact that in the opening track of his debut record i believe it is well this one yeah yeah it is yeah yeah he calls the queen a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, that is a bold statement yeah. to make in the opening track of your first record as a young rapper. And the uh, album's called Nothing Great About Britain. Yeah. And it's just sort of like, you're in, like for me, I was just like, oh, that's who you are? Mm. You've got me. Yeah, I'm yeah. in. And like, from that point on, like, there's, there are like weaker tracks, but, I keep going back to it and it's just like it's one of those records that I will listen to like in it can kind of match any mood so if I'm like in a shit mood I can put it on if I'm in a mood where I want to have a bit of a sing-along I can put it on if I just want to sort of I don't know what I want to listen to I can put it on it's it's a perfect record for all occasions kind of thing yeah. even though he's talking about some pretty shitty things yeah yeah, yeah 100% um, f- for the people that don't necessarily know like he's very sort of like politically outspoken like he did a fucking gnarly fuck Boris t-shirt where it was literally like him holding Boris Johnson's severed head <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> it was that. fucking rad <laughs> um, but like ironically he's somebody I haven't read up too much about which usually when it comes to these kind of artists I do but it kind of seems like he's come from like quite 
a troubled background. Yeah, yeah, he has these. There are, I have seen interviews with him and he's gone into that. Like, yeah, there's a really well put together kind of um, uh, video on YouTube about uh, where he goes back to his old home and okay. he, he sort of takes um, takes you around like the old, his old um, estate and like what he used to do and what yeah. he used to go up to and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll link you that. In yeah. Time. So it's kind of, it's, it kind of makes like the whole sort of premise of there's nothing great about Britain and the fact that he is a young hip hop artist that's talking about these things more relevant because it's not somebody talking about it retrospectively. It's about someone talking about it now and living through it now. Like, okay, yeah, he's now got success off the back of this record and there's a lot more eyes on him now. But, like, I've seen interviews where he still seems to be a bit of a fucked up mess sort of thing. Mm. So it's almost... He's constantly, like, drunk or... Yeah, so it's, just, it's not like the fame has gone to his head. He's just still the, the fucking scumbag that he... <laughs> and I mean that in the nicest yeah, yeah. term, like that he was to to make that that fueled that aggression to make this record, mm. and even even though it is an aggressive record, it doesn't sound aggressive, like like Dorman, for instance, like it's that's a song that's kind of about being fucked up and stuff, but it's almost a dance track, mm. and that's, it's just kind of really interesting the way that he did it and going back to sort of talking about Denzel Curry about like the whole skits I, I think it's is it gorgeous yeah yeah like that that's my favourite track on this that record. track like ends with like a two minute monologue yeah. about like his stepdad stitching him yeah, up yeah. essentially yeah and it's just like but the song is beautiful yeah it is yeah. and it's just like it's just a really good like clever juxtaposition throughout the whole record yeah. if I was going to be honest I, I wish the album was more like that track. Yeah. Like, because like, yeah, the rest of it is kind of sort of bombastic and sort of kind of got a punky attitude. Yeah. Whereas this, like you say, it's like, it's, <laughs> the track's called Gorgeous and it does sound gorgeous. Like, it's a really yeah. nice song. But like, the, the lyrical content isn't, but the production is. Yeah. I, I'd, if I, and the future flows high release, I think I'd want more, a bit more of that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he's going, he's leaning more into kind of like the punk side of thing because like, as I said, he has done a track with Denzel Curry and mm. that essentially is a punk rap song in my opinion yeah um, but well I'm I'm all for that I like that kind of side of him but yeah, yeah. so that's my my number six yeah I agree with um, <coughs> what you say it was he was very much sort of like the right man at the right time yeah and replace I, I make similar comments to um, a band like Idols mm. because they, they sort of came out at the right time when we were sort of in the midst of a, this whole Brexit garbage and garbage. um i think you know, people just needed to hear this kind of thing and like out comes slow tie saying fuck boris and telling it how it is and yeah kind of thing. i think people just gravitate to it yeah but i put this on the other day do you know what this record really reminds me of more and more i hear it what original pirate material i knew you're gonna say that the, and the, the thing is as well so after the general election that happened recently inevitably i put this the track on there's yeah. nothing great about Britain because it fucking summed up <laughs> the mood but I just thought I looked at the artwork and I was like that's really yeah. close to the streets even down to the artwork and then yeah. I was like oh no this is the streets in 2019 <laughs> yeah, yeah. and like it wouldn't surprise me if he is very much inspired by Mike Skinner yeah. like because yeah it is it's very kind of that sort of vibe but obviously 
the streets was kind of of its time, whereas slow tie is of his time, sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I very much agree with that on that point. Um, I'm going to stick stick with me. Okay. Number five. Now, I'm kind of surprised I ended up putting this so high in my list. Purely because it's not necessarily an easy listen. Um, but number five is Lingua Ignota Caligua. I hope you're saying that right. I always fuck it up. Caligula? Caligula. Caligula. I think I've got that right. Um, Purely because it's not something that I would necessarily put on on a regular basis. It is a bleak ass record and it can be quite difficult to listen to. But similarly to a record that I will talk about a little bit later, the artist makes the record um and having had the opportunity to actually speak to Kristen Hater aka Lingua Ignota mm. about this record it just everything about it makes sense and like when you listen to it so if if you knew nothing about her and to put this record on i think you'd be a bit lost but if you get her background and everything that she's trying to achieve through music this record makes perfect sense and i hate using the term important when it comes to music i don't think this is necessarily an important record but i think the subject matter of it is obviously very very important in terms of sort of sexual abuse and domestic abuse survivors and Mm. things like that and just the way that her approach to it is so beautiful but so bleak at the same time is what made this record so poignant and i think similar to you with bat for lashes seeing this live just made everything click like i was into the record anyway i was invested in her as an artist but then when you just see like the raw passion and emotion that she puts into her music, which like is essentially her and a laptop, but it's just everything that like she put, like just puts her whole body into everything. It's just like, Oh, you're living through this music. Like, and it's not a, it's not a show. Like you can tell, like, it's difficult for her yeah and that kind of makes it like this and even if you listen to the music it's uncomfortable but like it needs to be if that makes sense yeah like like the first the first record was like an uncomfortable listen because like she is talking about sort of women being raped and shit like that Mm. whereas this record is a lot more almost kind of like a narrative and not so personal but it's still got that kind of horrible undertone throughout mm, it yeah yeah um and it's almost like she's become this kind of vessel for for that subject and it's like that weight is weighing on her shoulder but and that's why this uh, this record feels so big because i think uh, on record it is like if you have it as a vinyl it's a double lp 
and like some of the tracks are like 11 12 minutes long mm. and a lot of that is kind of noise and stuff and her just literally screaming but like it's there's just that kind of like release of kind of emotion but then all of a sudden she'll just have this insane choir voice mm. and it's like weird again that juxtaposition of the two kind of harsh noise to then having an angelic sort of voice that you could hear in a church yeah. it's like where the fuck has this kind of come yeah. from well that's that's it because I, you didn't mention it but like she's from what I understand she's got a classical background yeah, isn't it? yeah. and she's just kind of she did the classic like I got I started hanging around with punks and they introduced me to sort of like noise and blah 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 yeah. and that's how she got to where she is now right it's kind of she was yeah, doing yeah. like a, a thesis at like university that's right yeah. and sort of started playing around with like delay pedals yeah. and loops and then obviously got introduced to sort of like the sort of weird artsy side of noise and, and it's kind of built up from there yeah but yeah, it's just fucking. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I you said everything I would have said. <laughs> it's like it is really bleak. Again, I think I I listened to it once and I kind of I got it and I was just like, yeah, yeah I, it is what it is. Like she's obviously needed needs an outlet for like how she uh, for her experiences and things like that. And what better place to do that in in music and, and like is it? Could you call it a good record in in a musical sense? I don't know, not yeah. probably not, but I think like there's just something about it for me that yeah, it's not like as, again as I say, it's not something that I keep going back no. to, but when I do like so, the track I've put down is kind of like the the standout is Butcher of the World, and like it's not like a banger so to say, but like because she hasn't got bangers, <laughs> that lingering note has got bangers, yeah, but it's it's like. <laughs> That is the track that I think you'd point to people because it kind of sums up what she's all about. And I think if you get that, then you get what yeah. what the whole premise of, of Lingering Nota is. I and think. on the flip side of that, isn't she doing like Spice Girls covers? <laughs> I don't know if she's done a Spice Girls one. I so it's something like that. She's done Dolly Parton. Um, it was definitely like an 80s pop cover. Yeah, she's done a, she's done a, a covers EP, but I can't remember yeah, the yeah. life of me what's on it now but that even that's fucking bleak yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like her cover of Jolene is like that might harrowing, be but it's just really cool um, and the fact that she's doing four different sets at Roadburn next year is oh my God. blowing my little brain a little <laughs> bit so gonna do a big cry <laughs> so you're number five. Oh right okay yeah my number five is Orwell Peck Pony uh, okay, yeah, this is the other one. <laughs> oh, all right. I was gonna, I was gonna say like, don't say, but you just ruined it now. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, heard "Turn to Hate" on Radio Six, I think. And I was like, "Yep, I'm in." Sounds <laughs> like kind of Mazzy Star esque shoegaze turned country folk, something yeah. along those lines. Yep. So. Went to check out the album, and I was just like, oh, okay, this guy actually does dress like a cowboy. Yeah. And wears like a Mexican wrestling mask. Yeah, so, with tassels on it. With tassels. Yeah, I'm down. I'm into it. Um, again, I think another one, this is, no, 
well, I was going to say the the live experience probably pushed this one, but actually it didn't. I I listened to this to death when it yeah. came out. So um, yeah, like I just I loved the 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 vocals kind of reminded me kind of like later Johnny Cash with a bit of Morrissey. Like it's hard to describe, yeah. I think. But um, the the these songs on the album were kind of kind of melancholy kind of sad kind of tone to him yeah um but then the live experience is very upbeat kind of like yeah it's very like country party yeah that's like let's get a hoe down kind of thing. yeah but the only thing is like the, the with the live experience because he had um like a back backup singer who i think she she does something of her own i can't remember her name it was no, like I can't, yeah. no and like those harmonies worked so well with his vocals i yeah. kind of wish that they'd done that for the record yeah, like when oh, I get that when the um the opening the opening song I can't remember what it's called now Dead of Dead of Night Dead of Night yeah yeah all I can hear is her harmony so yeah, I, was like, oh, yeah. Damn, I really wish they just recorded that but um yeah this this one's it's it's a debut I believe yeah yeah so it's a massive breakout for him so I've re- I'm really keen to see if hopefully he might be back next year with something but yeah it's got like. Like I said, sound-wise, it, you can kind of compare it to kind of shoegazy Americana. Yeah, yeah. Like, would you agree with that? Or, oh, um, yeah, definitely. It's, like, it's it's kind of folk at the core. Yeah, it's kind of like... It's folk, but with almost like punk sensibilities, but run through a country lens. Yeah. It's Yeah, it's really sort of weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there are punk sensibilities for sure, because like when we saw them... The drummer was wearing like a limp wrist t-shirt. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, oh, okay, right. But yeah, like from what I understand, he's he actually is from like sort of North America, lived on a ranch and that. Yeah. Kind of thing. So he has like he's a legit cowboy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, a lot of the songs about kind of love, heartbreak, and that kind of thing, and it's it's quite an emotional record, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which is weird, considering I've, how much I listen to it. I must have been going through some shit. But, um, yeah, easy number five for me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to reserve yeah, okay. talking because I have a lot to say about this when I when I get to it. Um, we'll stick with you, then. We'll go with your number four. Okay. My number four um, is Longbeard. I've means to me the record's called I have no idea who this is no I don't think you would have heard it. <laughs> weirdly it's it was, a cool name weirdly this was going to be it's completely different this was going to be Fulling Hell Fulling Hell Full of Hell Weeping Choir right but this just clinched it purely on just how much I listened to it yeah okay so this was this was introduced to me by a friend I, I hadn't heard of this either but this kind of I was going to say it, it filled a uh, Phoebe Bridges slash Julian Baker hole okay. for me this year, but then I remembered Phoebe Bridges did release a record, but it was a, a under um, the better oblivion yeah, yeah. community club with um, Conor Ober, so it's yeah. a collaboration. So it's, I can't really count it as one of her records. But yeah, she's singer songwriter from New Jersey. Um, oh, it's a woman. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. It's called Longbeard, but it's a woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and she kind of goes for a hard one to kind of I hate pigeonhole music anyway but like yeah, if yeah. you like you say you've never heard of it it's kind of like ambient folk with sort of dream pop sort of sensibilities okay. to it um you can kind of hear like you can you can hear I don't know if it's influenced by but like there's it's very sort of Phoebe Bridges kind of Julian Baker 
Julian Vapor. (laughs) (laughs) Julian Baker kind of ring to it. But like music kind, I can kind of hear American football in there. Like the sort of twiddliness. Yeah, yeah. Um, And like I said, you can't uh, compare a lot of some of the music to, you ever heard Hazel English? Yeah. Yeah, like the the guitar's kind of very similar to that. Like very, very sort of sweet kind of twee sounding. Yeah. Um, vocals and lyrics. Um, this is one, one like you were saying. I think you were talking about abuse of power. Was it abuse of power or one that you can just kind of throw on willy nilly? Yeah. Like so, if I was, I don't know if I'm working on the computer or something, I can. This is an easy one in the background. Yeah, yeah. And like, I think that was why I was just like, this is an easy one to go to. I was just like, oh, this is such a great record. This is this can't not be in my top ten. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's my decision for this one. Um, is it a full band then, or is it just? No, it's, it, I believe it's just her. Like, there's it's not just her and a guitar. There's percussion. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, my my knowledge of her isn't very isn't much there. But again, this was just introduced by a friend, and I was just instantly clicked with it. Yeah. I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, dude, obviously knows me. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is kind of exactly what I was looking for. Um, so yeah, easy number four, number uh, long beard means to me. I will have to check yeah. that out. <laughs> Um, kind of in a similar note in the twee aspect my number four is Martha Love Keeps Oh I kicking. love this record um, so Martha is a band that a lot of people that I know had been banging on about for a long time mm. and for some reason I just never checked them out I don't know why I just never kind of really went to it but then so they released this record through Big Scary Monsters which I think they've done most of their records anyway yeah um, I was like right I'm, go- I'm finally going to go in on this and just instantly I was like oh this is wall to wall bangers mm, yeah just 100%. like everything about it is just so catchy like you can just sing along to every single song um, I think what makes them kind of so they kind of divide a lot of opinion in people that I speak to in the fact that they not rely on, but like their Northern accent kind of comes through in the music quite prominently. Mm. Some people like that. Some people don't. I personally do. I think it kind of adds the character to the music. Um, And yeah, as I say, like just, you can just, no matter what song it is, you find yourself either humming along, singing the choruses. Yeah, insanely catchy. Yeah, and I was like after like listening to this record, I was like, why did I sleep on this band for so long? Mm. Like, because th- that's definitely a very much like a British sound, like that kind of sort of indie punk kind of sing along sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like between sort of like specialist subject records and big scary monsters there's a lot of that kind of sound and it takes a lot for me personally to kind of be a standout and i think this is martha's third record maybe Mm. or second and they've done an ep i can't remember um but it's kind of just hearing this record is it makes sense as to why they're considered one of like the more top tier of those kind of bands um what I like about it is so they're a four piece and all of them 
I think apart from the drummer, obviously do the lyrics and vocals. So there'll be one song that the vocal, uh, sorry, the one of the guitarists has written the whole thing. So he'll be the predominant singer. And then the bassist has done a bit, so she'll be the predominant singer. And then the other guitarist. So like you're getting these three different voices that are kind of singing about similar things, but they're almost from different perspectives, which is mm. really clever. Like, I, I can't remember what song it is, but there's one that, like, it's literally a stereotypical, like, breakup song on mm. the surface of it. But because you're getting... It's, it's predominantly from the bassist who's singing it, but when the harmonies kick in, you're kind of getting the different voices. So it's sort of like the different layers and different perspectives mm-hmm. of it from there. Um, and yeah, I just find it like really clever that they've kind of woven those three voices in to, especially like the harmonies that they do in the choruses. Like you can almost kind of imagine singing that with your, your mates mm-hmm. and you, like you all kind of try and match the pitch of a different person sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I just like, this was very much a summer record as well. Yeah, like 100%. perfect summer record. They played 2000 trees and they were a standout on that. Um, and yeah, I think like this was, this was one of the records that out of my, my list that was kind of earlier on in the year, which, but it's just one that I kept going back to and like the song, WrestleMania Eight like has a song about Rowdy Roddy Piper, which <laughs> obviously I'm gonna be all over. the t- The title track loves keep kicking. The chorus and that like, if you haven't got that in your head after listening to yeah, it, it just, is infectious. Like song. you're a fucking idiot, basically. Yeah. What's that song where it's like, I miss you like orange juice or something? Like. I think it's literally called Orange <laughs> Juice. Um, yeah, it's like ice, like you're like ice and. Dilated and Irish. Uh, so, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. So, Martha Love Keeps Kicking is is my number four. Yeah, good choice. Um, I'll stick with it. So, as I mentioned at the beginning, my top three are essentially my number ones. Okay. Because, like, all three records were in heavy rotation, and the. Two are kind of similar, but they're all very different, and I couldn't pick a number one overalls. But I will, I will do them in a, in ascending order as such. Um, so I will go number three is not loose, a different shade of blue. There you go. Um, as we've already mentioned, this is an absolute behemoth of a record. It's so like perfect in timing for hardcore Mm. in my opinion like there's a lot of people who criticize knock loose saying they're not a hardcore band blah 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 all this sort of stuff and it's just like take away the record just look at what they're doing for hardcore like what we kind of said with turnstile and and code orange previously like they're getting kids excited about hardcore again and they're just going stratospheric in terms of like so the the show they played in bristol okay it was mashed together with the stray from the path tour but they could have easily sold that venue out on their yeah, own yeah, it was like yeah. a like a 1200 cap venue sort mm-hmm. of thing um but like yeah this record just we've already mentioned the production on it is 
perfect in kind of encapsulating that energy that they have like i mentioned brian is fully leaning into like his shrillness of of his vocals which mm. i don't think he'd kind of was necessarily comfortable with on laugh tracks but now has kind of realized that's his usp and yeah. has fully sort of gone into it isaac's a bit more involved in terms of his backing vocals and like that's just like a distinguishing feature like now as well um we've mentioned the guest spots mm. like used very cleverly and not sort of overly flexing kind of thing yeah um and i think like as well like it's intelligently structured like in terms of kind of laugh tracks it was i guess kind of very meat and veg like here's a beat down here's like a genty bit here's the mosh call sort of thing whereas like this does have that but they've kind of like um i think it's got it's guided by the moon like it's got your heavy bits but then it's kind of got that almost sort of atmospheric bit where it kind of drops down and slows down and it's almost like kind of a singy bit even though brian's still shouting mm. and just yeah like just everything that they kind of had in laugh tracks has kind of been amplified by 10 mm. and just almost kind of honed and put into this record that like i haven't stopped listening to since it came out no me neither and that's like laugh tracks was for me a record that i could easily like i could easily throw on this is a, a record that i can easily throw on but i will like actively seek to throw it on if sure. that makes sense um and i think what as well like because it's been a while since laugh tracks there was always going to be a sense of trepidation of what knock loose are going to do next and if there was any sort of doubts in anyone's mind they've just completely knocked it out of the park like and in my view established themselves as like the hardcore band in mm. in the modern era sort of thing like okay you've got your turnstiles you've got your code orange you've got your jesus pieces and stuff like that but who the hell is touching not loose right now yeah i agree so yeah i don't really know if there's a whole much more i can kind no. of add but this record was fucking just perfect yeah. in my opinion well i just i just thought of something like what made me laugh is when um what you were saying about like oh they're not a hardcore band blah 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 they're like their record release show was like they took out um indecision my force yeah and um I can't for other bands, and it was it was almost like them saying, "Look, we are a fucking yeah, yeah. band. Look at this lineup." Yeah, you know yeah. It's like screaming it in people's faces, but yeah, it's just like when people. I understand when people don't think it's a hardcore record because it doesn't sound traditionally like a hardcore band. Yeah, but you got to look at it like what I felt I needed to do was just like, look, just admit it, you're old. Right, just like <laughs> this is what kids will be referring to years from now. Like we do for, um, I don't know. No, I wouldn't go as far as say something like, like minor threat or. Gr- oh, I was going to say it's like Cro-Mags. Yeah, like yeah. a legacy act. Yeah. They will be that for some kid one yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Same with 
Um, Code Orange and Total yeah. like, like I said, this this record was kind of we didn't get a Code Orange record this year. Yeah. So like, I guess this one was kind of like their equivalent. I guess that. Yeah, I yeah. Suppose. And like this, I think it, you say it kind of like almost sort of puts a timestamp on that time in in hardcore sort of thing. Like as you say, ten years from now, we'll, there'll be people bands that will be citing this record as an influence sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, 100%. <coughs> so, your number three. One of three is Fontaine's DC with Dog Rule. I can't get into this band. Why not? I don't know. There's just something about them. I just can't get into them. Okay, well, you suck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, seen them twice this year. Both belters each time. No, actually, no, I'll tell a lie. I saw him end of last year supporting Shame. I think that's what got me into it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it's kind of post-punky with sort of spoken word, sort of poetry, lyrics. Yeah, I can dig this. Like, But they didn't have anything out at the time. They just had a couple of singles. Um, uh, so the they brought out the full length later in the year and I was 100% sold on it. I was just like, it's... How can I sort of coin it it's po- it is post-punk that's what it is but like it's kind of like john cooper temp um john cooper temp- john cooper <laughs> clark sort of doing like a po- poetry recital yeah because yeah. that's what that's kind of how they got together they bonded over their love of poetry and and sort of punk and like they all love bands like the fall and things yeah. like that so that's how kind of how it sort of all came together and it could it's how can you sort of put it across to someone who doesn't it they can draw in someone who could be into bands like oasis to like self-defense family yeah and then maybe like bands like ice age as well like they've got that sort of attitude and they've can also got that kind of i don't want to pigeonhole but that kind of laddie vibe to them like yeah you could I, think, easily... I think that's kind of maybe what sort of put me off them a bit think? yeah yeah like you think there's definitely like, your lads down your local talking about this yeah record. and but okay again there's something for the punk kids as well um but yeah they've they've blown up big time from this record yeah like it's been a lot of people's number ones like six music was their number one. Oh wow I think, okay i think rough trade called it as their number one as well um and it was very, very close to mine but like i said before it's not i'm not putting this as like a ascending order like thing these these are just 10 really great records that i really enjoyed this year yeah but um yeah favorite track i would put would be um too real which is one of the singles they dropped before the album came out it's just like it's really odd like it's like got a simple kind of riff and then all of a sudden it sort of plunges into madness okay like i wasn't to the life experience because what the hell actually happens here and then when i saw him live it's like the dude just literally gets a beer bottle and just slides it up and down his fretboard (laughs) i was like oh right okay he just obviously just whacks a load of pedals on over that that makes sense yeah yeah shame you didn't get into this one yeah i don't because this again it's a name that i've sort of seen around quite a lot and I don't know, just something about it just didn't click with me. Yeah. And Give it another go, you might feel different. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, we'll stick with you for, for number two. Ooh, what is my number two? My number two is Alex G, House of Sugar. Again, I have no... No, you've never heard Alex G? No. Oh, interesting, okay. 
So okay, I'll give you give you a little history. <laughs> he was um, here, boy. Yeah, he kind of um, sort of multi multi instrumentalist, kind of lo fi producer slash right, okay. folk instrumentalist. Blah blah. Uh, put out a load of uh, demos on Bandcamp, and um, I wasn't sure if he not sure if he was friends beforehand with him, but he, he got to working with uh, Frank Ocean. Right. So that's kind of where he cut his chops in sort of a more mainstream environment i guess um and then he just started he just kind of got really busy like he just dropped albums all over the shop and then he got picked up by domino records and then he released like i guess you could consider it his big breakthrough album uh not last year maybe a year before called rocket right um which which like throttled him basically okay um uh Love that record. Thought it was awesome. Like, I've always I was a fan of him for like the Bandcamp days. Yeah, but like yeah. I was like, okay, right, you you're really sort of nailing this now. I yeah. Get it. And then he brought out this, and it's I can only describe it as weirdly wonderful. Like it's, <laughs> okay. it's a very strange record. Like the opening track is like it could almost it, you could almost picture him like recording the whole thing and go. You know what? Let's just let's just play it in reverse. Like fuck it, just just reverse the track and have that as the opening. I don't care anymore. Let's, let's just try it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and it sounds fucking brilliant. And like it's again. Like I was, I can't remember who I was speaking to. It's just like it's almost like he could have just wrote ten, eleven songs, and just like you know what? These are great songs, but I'm just gonna totally fuck with them, <laughs> and it still sound amazing. Yeah. Like so, yeah. It's kind of. You could throw moments of shoegaze and psychedelic and stuff like that in here. But, again, I can't really pigeonhole this. It's, it's just fucking bizarre. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he's, from what I understand, he's... This is what... This is making a lot of people's other top ten lists and stuff yeah. as well. So, uh, hope to see the live experience. Haven't had an opportunity yet. Um He's done a lot of tours with um, Pine Grove, what I believe. So oh, okay. That could be cool to see them two together. Um, yeah, solid number two. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Um, my number two, as I say, is not technically number two, similar to what you were saying, but we'll put it in number two. Uh, Orville Peck Pony. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely adore this record. Like, if we were going in ascending order, like this and the record that I said number one, like are the two that I've played the most throughout the year. Um, found out about him weirdly through the two minutes to late night show, uh, which is like a weird sort of metal YouTube talk show mm. um, because one of their sort of producers was t- talking about it and he described him as. Um, an LGBTQ cowboy in a mask. I was sort of like, okay, mm. I, I need to find out about this guy. And literally just like that first song, like, um, is it, is it Turn to Hate the first song? Turn to Hate, yeah. Yeah. I was just instantly just like intrigue was mm. in. Listen to the record. I was sort of like, okay, that was cool. Listen to it again. Yeah, no, this is really good. Listen to it again. This is fucking amazing. Yeah. And like this is what I said about like with slow tie like usually when I kind of find those artists I go f- like fully deep and like want to do- see everything they're doing 
and that's exactly what I've done with Orville Peck. Like, I I just think like he is just such an intriguing human being. Like, even though his music is incredible, like just everything aesthetically as well adds to it, mm. and it kind of bumps it up an extra level in my opinion. And like from when we saw like the live experience, it's just like the kind of fact that he just kind of walks on stage like it's like hi all yeah and yeah. it's like oh, i'm orville peck it's yeah. like kind of yeah, like yeah. just those tiny little nuances that yeah. add to the experience um but the, yeah like literally i this hasn't been out of like my sort of most played on spotify since it's been released yeah, sort of thing. like i think i've probably listened to this once a week since like the song Queen of of the Rodeo, I will literally just walk around the house singing that just because I think it's just a, such an incredible song. It's got such an incredible hook to it. Mm. Um, in terms of like musicianship as well, like his range is just insane. Like it's not like as in like oh he can do a really high note and a really low note. Just the fact that he can like hold yeah. a note for so long and. I think it's is it in turn to hate I can't remember what song it is now but there's a bit like in the chorus where each time he just holds the note a little bit longer yeah. and it's sort of like I, I run out of breath trying yeah, to keep yeah. like trying to sing along sort of thing like he said live when he was doing that it was it kind of got to the point where he was doing it so long people started cheering yeah and then they stopped cheering and he was still, still going, going like, yeah okay should we cheer again everyone looks around yeah let's do it let's yeah, cheer again yeah. and he was still going yeah so and like because of all the notoriety that he's now got i'm very intrigued to see what's next mm. because he's become almost like iconic just off of one record yeah and his uh, and his aesthetic mm. so yeah it'll be interesting to see where he goes next yeah um but yeah i just fucking love this record like kind of similar to sort of like lingering nota as well like he's an artist that i've just become obsessed with and i want to know every single thing that they're doing yeah so yeah that is my number two yeah i've just remembered do you remember the, the live experience we were stood like two people in front of us was eddie is of all people yeah at the green door store yeah, yeah. it's great this is fucking i remember joey watson was trying to get photos he was like who is this sat right in front yeah, of me it's really a, bothering me sat on a stool and he turned around and sort of like knocks his leg or something i was like, oh sorry mate and he turned around so it is that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's cool. Yeah, cool. Right. Before we get to number ones, okay. some honourable mentions. Um, okay. So, as I've kind of already mentioned, Fuming Mouth, The Great Descent would have been in my top ten. As you've another one you've mentioned, uh, Full of Hell again, putting out an incredible record in Weeping Choir. Um, if this was a full length record. This would have easily been in my top ten, but inclination when fear turns to confidence, mm. which I think like that's just reignited my love for like I love straight edge hardcore. Well, it's it's anyway. like eight tracks though, isn't it? It's five. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, like I love straight edge hardcore anyway, but this was like the perfect straight edge hardcore yeah, record. I agree. I mean, yeah. Um, on a similar note, one step closer uh, from me to you, like that is eight tracks, but it's technically an EP but that would have been in my top 10 without doubt. 
um, Dead Heat, Certain Death. I was going to say that as well. Like a band that for me, like I wasn't really that into, but this record, yeah, like, this just, record is a blinder. Yeah, just it's really really fun. Mm. Um, a band called Shingard, who are kind of like a screamo-y band. Mm. Their record 2020 is really cool. Um, but they've done a couple of other records this year as well. Um, Angel Dust, Pretty Buff, which record that feels like that came out last year, yeah. but it was out this year, I think was like really cool because it was like complete step away from what they'd done previously. Yeah. Um, and Loyal Kana, um, not waving but drowning, I think is an absolutely beautiful hip hop record. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, just not not good enough for the top ten. <laughs> Didn't cut it. Yeah, uh, yeah I, would, I would have said Lord Carner as well. Um, if I was to have a song of the year, it would be Loose Ends. Yeah. That, uh, what's her name? Georgia Smith. Yeah, folks. yeah. Oh, my God. So good. Um, so we had, what does the, uh, yeah, wait <laughs> so I had the live experience at the Brighton Dome. Yeah. And I was kind of intrigued how it would go because it was... The record's kind of sort of somber and yeah, yeah. I was like, How's this going to be in a live environment? But it, the place was pumping. It yeah. was great. Like you just, it gave those, all those songs a kick up the ass yeah, just for yeah. like the sake of a live audience. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I said Dead Heat as well. Very thrashy kind of eighties inspired hardcore. Really aggressive stuff yeah. as well. Awesome. Um. I did put that Better Oblivion Community Club in. Um. Minor mentions of the Figure yeah. Bridges Conor Robbins thing. Um. I was going to cheat on my top 10 because, <laughs> well, if I haven't or enough already. I was going to say. Because uh, I was going to put Big Thief, but technically I released two two records this year. Right, yeah. Um, I don't know if they're supposed to be companion or if they're just two entirely yeah, yeah, separate yeah, yeah. things. But yeah, they were both, they're both great releases. Um, I've got the Dive record, as in D-I-I-V. Did you get oh, into yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very, it was um, probably... Um, how would you put it? They were kind of indie shoegazy. Yeah. And then the dude had a bit of trouble with, um, I think he got into trouble with like drugs or something yeah. like that. And he had to go into rehab. So this is like a post rehab album. And he was just like, he obviously went, right, let's make this a bit heavier. And it yeah. kind of sounds like a bit more along the lines of nothing. Yeah. yeah. So it's a bit more sort of heavier, a bit more uh, sort of a grungy sound to it. Really suits him. Um, what else have I got? FK Twigs get into that record i couldn't get into it dude loads of people like banging in about maybe i just need to give it another listen yeah definitely give it another listen maybe you need to be in a particular mind frame mm. but yeah it's good um oh, i've got like, queensway EP. oh shit yeah i forgot about that record yeah, yeah that was that. really good uh same with be all end all did you get into that mm, not massively like it's good really yeah i thought i'd be right up your yeah way. maybe i need to give it another listen again uh hangman yeah Great, great record. Um, this kind of held me on until Division of Mind. I think <laughs> um, I put Dying of oh, Dying Wish because I was supposed to make a note of that. I was like, I didn't hear Dying Wish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, their records not out yet either. Yeah. Oh, Soul Glow. Oh yeah, yeah. So good. It's yeah. kind of like again, I hate to pigeonhole, but if if you put Death Grips in a Screamo record, yeah, that's that is what it is basically. Yeah, isn't yeah. it? So good. Um, I got the Gulch seven inch. Yeah, yeah. If that's they're definitely really like excited for the band of the of the year that I'm yeah. like hyped on at the moment. Yeah, so can't wait for. Um, I put the National on here, but I, this was the one. 
it didn't really sell me on it. I mean, I've always, <laughs> I've always loved the National. I was going to say, yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't spend a lot of time on it. I must have, like, got one listening to almost Maybe this one ain't the one. Yeah. Um, and what else have I got? Teeps. I've got, they, he hasn't done a yeah, record in years, ages. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, it was very. Not so, I was gonna say a step away. It's not really much of a step away, but it, it's the most different to what yeah, he's yeah. done. Um, and oh, I've also got Health Slaves to Fear. Yeah, I I really dug that record. Yeah. Like, I hadn't really kind of gone in much on Health before. Yeah, but yeah, I really enjoyed that record. Yeah, cool. I think that's about all I got. Yeah. Um, there was one that you've mentioned now that's meant jobs my memory but now my mind has gone completely blank which is always great but um <laughs> that's a, i think like there's been loads of like really good sort of like varied records like out this year like there's some been some really cool like screamo records like mm. really good hardcore records um there's been quite a lot of like sort of good eps which i think like make get me excited yeah. for like next year um the fact that like Julian Baker's released like some new music's got me excited, so yeah, I think twenty twenty is going to be be another good year for for music. Yeah. Um, oh, I've got Little Sims as well. Did you hear that one? No. Little Sims. Did you watch the um, Netflix? Sorry, Netflix show Top Boy. No. Oh, okay. Well, she's I mean, in that. It's on my yeah watch list. She's actually in that. I didn't. Oh, realize. okay. Yeah, that was a banger as well. Yeah. Uh, the Freddie Gibbs. Um, Madlib collaboration LP. No, thank you. No. Um, oh yes, the Martha EP. I've, oh, yeah, you you showed me that. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, JPEG Mafia. I was wait, I was surprised. I was surprised it took you so long to mention that. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. Cool. All right. We'll go with your number one then. Okay. So this was originally Flying Lotus. Okay. Um, but. It's kind of, well, it is the same realm because it's under the Brain Feeder uh, record label, which is Flying Lotus. Right. So, listening to them both side by side, and I'm, when I'm being really like, the Flying Lotus record is a banger. And at one point, I thought it was my new favourite Fly, Flying Lotus okay. record. But the more I listened to my number one, the more it kind of made sense for it to be my number one. Yeah. And that's Lapalux with A. And it's, I keep wanting to say it's Omniverse, but it's not. A M. N I O V E R S E A. I can't. I can't even pronounce. <laughs> but yeah, so <coughs> it made more sense because basically this this album is solely what I want from him. Yeah, it sounds that sounds a bit sort of selfish, but I've been paying attention to this dude since 2013 when he yeah. drops like just a couple of EPs. <laughs> And then shortly after this, where he got on the Flying Lotus radar and put him on his record label. So he since released a record called Nostalgic, which was kind of, it could have been classed as debut, I suppose. It was it was a great record, but he was kind of finding his feet. And he brought out uh, the sophomore LP Lustmore, which is kind of like a bit more sort of smoother, a bit more R&B sort of yeah. based. And then he brought out uh ruinism which was like 2017 i believe and this was getting a little bit more bizarre and but then he brought out this and it was like he's done everything 
I wanted to do on a record was just like purely like etherical, ambient, mm. kind of really strung out soundscapey kind of stuff. Okay. Um almost kind of like movie soundtracky kind of thing. Right. I don't know if that's like a mindset he had it when he was writing it. But it's just it's just perfect. Like it's just it's just under an hour, I believe. Yeah. But it's <coughs> again, I'm just gonna mention how much like I've been waiting to hear this from him. Yeah, yeah. Because it was like on previous LPs he'd be sort of going for this kind of sound but then when I think it was going to get to a certain crescendo he'd tra- change it up into something I'm like oh no 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 go back to what you were doing do you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean but it seems like with this he was like oh I wonder what Adam Birkbeck would like here. <laughs> let's just carry on here that's what the- <laughs> this sounds stupid but that's like I actually thought like this is perfect this is exactly what I want but um, so like, like, it's just literally him like all the instrumentation is done kind of live but it just kind of arranged on ableton so it's yeah. not it's not a purely electronic record it's it is all pretty much live in, instrumentation like he's he's done interviews and a couple of videos just explaining how the writing process but like i said it's just kind of arranged in ableton and mix and stuff yeah, like that yeah yeah so it's not all purely just samples and, samples noises, and yeah. things like that um he's probably one of the most like talented in the sort of electronic mm. world at the moment like if you if you were to watch him live like his his mixing skills are unreal yeah, like yeah. you can see his hands like <laughs> you, you got, there's that there's like that meme of the, the dudes just hanging out just like next to a, a laptop bobbing their heads with a drink in their hand just like with the one headphone on yeah going, yeah right when's the next one to put on this guy's constantly he's doing stuff yeah yeah um but he's like i said he i really do think like he found his craft for this record yeah and um i can't wait to hear what if he can escalate more from this sound yeah. or if he's gonna go a bit more sort of abstract and then and then in, in future releases but um well not not to say that this way but if, if if i knew this was going to be the last lapalux release you'd be happy. be happy yeah that's cool um i'm not massively au okay with him like i've checked out like the odd bits and pieces but it's not particularly my world okay. but i will definitely have to have to give this a listen okay cool um so then to round things off my number one is absence of mine smile aren't you happy i don't know if i know this oh really okay so this again is a a record that's kind of divided opinion amongst sort of the hardcore community like some people fucking love it other people think it's fucking batshit crazy other people hate it i'm very much in the i love it camp like every track is very very different they've kind of almost similar to what you were saying with like lapalux it's almost gone like what elements of Hargods Tim Burton like? <laughs> it's like, right, we're going to cherry pick a bit of fast, cherry pick a bit of melodic, cherry pick a bit of beatdown, and we're going to smash those into it. And, like, on the surface, this record shouldn't work because there's just so many different elements that they've kind of thrown into it. Yeah. But for some reason, it does. And, like, I remember, like, I vividly remember the first time listening to it was just after fluff fest 
and I was walking through Prague and it pissed it down with rain and the title track is obviously called Smile Aren't You Happy but the chorus just goes it's it's almost it's sung and it's yeah. like it goes smile and then it goes aren't you fucking happy I'm drenched I'm yeah. like no I'm fucking not <laughs> but like there's just like something about that record like I just kept going back to it and like I think it's because it was just so weird that my brain couldn't comprehend what I was hearing because like so if I'm correct I think they've got they've got like the main vocalist but then the guitarist does like backing as well but the main vocalist kind of changes up from being like a shouty vocalist to then doing like these kind of like singing harmony bits and then the guitarist when he comes in he's got like quite a shrill voice mm. so it's almost kind of like these similar to what i said with martha like having these three different perspectives throughout the record but then like they'll play bits with like blast beats but then they'll play beats with just sort of like a standard 4-4 beat mm. and it's just like what the fuck are you guys doing but there's like for me just like there's something about it just works yeah um is it singing in a kind of life of anyway or kind of like the closest thing that i can kind of put it to is kind of cold world yeah but not like as well executed as cold world i don't think yeah. um yeah it's just it's just weird but i can't help but go back to it okay and like it's definitely a record that's not going to make many people's top tens, let alone their favourite record yeah, like of the I said, year. Yeah, I don't even know who this is. Um, but, like, this and Orville Peck, I have literally, especially since the summer, have been on constant loop. And I think, again, similarly to, like, going back to the aesthetic thing, so, like, the album cover is kind of like that weird sort of 90s rave sort of like aesthetic yeah so it's kind of like this kind of like weird turquoise greeny purple like color with just like a smiley face yeah and it's just like it's just yeah everything about it shouldn't work but for some reason it does and like i so i previously gone back and so their ep is nothing like this at all and so it's almost kind of like the band themselves have kind of gone like, what can we throw into a blender and just make work? Yeah. And they've been like, well, everything's like, okay. And <laughs> it's like, there's like, there's one song on, on the record. This it's almost like a ballad, but then that will stop and it will go into like a stompy hardcore song. And then that will stop and it will go into like, like a fast core song. And it's just like, yeah, it's just, yeah. Everything about it shouldn't work, but I was gonna say, like, I'm not gonna lie, that sounds pretty awful. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot of people do think that, but there's just something about it just makes yeah. makes me go, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm into this. So yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's again, that's what I was saying before we even started. It's like a lot of these, well, all these records are just like it's not based on. We're not going for the whole kind of. We we feel we should give them a spot because they have to. Say like a lot of people have gone for like the Tool record and the Slipknot record. Yeah, and such yeah. like These are just records that are just sonically pleasing to yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like not not they're not really sort of 
not much more than that. It's just it's like, this is what I keep going back to. This is what I've like jammed since beginning of the year sort yeah. of thing. So yeah, I totally see what you're saying. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm, I've seen like other people's top tens and top twenties or whatever so far, and you say they, they are like including like. I gave that tall record a listen. I was, oh, yeah, I gave it one, one, one listen. Give a shit. It's great, but uh, uh, there's no way I'm in any hurry coming back to that record. Yeah, yeah. So um, not, I think I lasted maybe two songs, tops. Yeah. I just, I just didn't care. Yeah, but yeah, as like these are like from, as I say, the honourable mentions are in there because they're ones as well that mm. have constantly been on rotation, but as like especially. Like doing the the whole Spotify rap thing as well at the end of the year, like Absence of Mind, Orville Peck, Not Loose were like miles ahead of like every anything else I'd listened mm. to, so that's why they're kind of in that position. Yeah, nice. Well, as we wrap up, twenty twenty, mm. is there anything that you're you've got your eyes on? Like I said, that Gulch record I'm really looking yeah. forward to hearing. Um, oh God, I don't know. Uh, can we include films? <laughs> if you want, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What, what are the music? Oh, Pine Grove. Really looking forward to the Pine Grove record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really want to see the new Bond movie. <laughs> Fair enough. I can't wait for the new Bond movie. I don't. I never thought I'd say that, but I can't wait for the new Bond. There movie. we go. Hear it here first. Yeah. Um, what about you? Similar Gulch, like I'm just I'm just so stoked on that band. Like I'm really excited to see what mm. they do next. Uh, Dying Wish record, like even though it's kind of more metalcore leaning, like I just think they're a really exciting band mm. to sort of keep an eye on. Um, in the last couple of days, there's been teasers that there's going to be a new Code Orange record, which like. I've never been the biggest Code Orange fan. No, me neither. But I just think they're an interesting band, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah. Um, and more kind of on home soil. I did this last year. I picked up a band, and then their full length. It didn't disappoint me, but it wasn't what I'd hoped. So last year I did it with Holding Absence, and their full length, it was good, but it just didn't live up to my expectations. So I'm hoping I'm not going to do the same thing again. Um, there's a band called Loathe, who a lot of people kind of uh, point to as kind of like the UK equivalent to Vane. Not as sort of heavy, but have that kind of industrial sort of sound to them. Um, their new record, from the two tracks I've heard so far, sounds fucking ace. So I'm very much... Looking forward to seeing what what they have to offer. Okay, loathe is it loathe? Loathe. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, they've just been on tour with Straight from the Path, and they were fucking rad at that yeah. show. So yeah, yeah, and they were really cool at Two Thousand Trees as well. Has Straight from the Path just gone full Rage Against the Machine? Oh yeah, they even did a Rage Against the Machine cover. <laughs> You're joking? Yeah, but <laughs> fair play. Like they were quite they were quite enjoyable. And yeah. when they played Good Night All Right, I was like. Yeah, yeah, fuck no. I don't. I don't really know their songs. So, I just know that they've kind of gone for a rage vibe now. Yeah, they are very much rage two point oh. Yeah, sick drummer though. Yeah, mental yeah. drummer. But um, yeah, that is our records of two thousand nineteen. This will be out on Christmas Eve, I believe. So yeah. Merry Christmas, one and all. Um, 
I'm going to do one last... Well, no, I've got to check my dates now because I don't know how months work. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a show out on New Year's Eve as well, which will be my roundup of the year. I was meant to do it with some friends, but planning didn't work, so you're just going to hear me rambling by myself for however Aww. long I want to talk for. And yeah, thanks everyone for for listening to another year of me babbling to people. Sorry you've had to hear me sniff for like an hour and a half. Um, I appreciate you letting me into your house once again. You're welcome. I'm um, just going to have some Lemsif and hopefully the Seahawks will smash the Cardinals. And then I'll oh, as we die. as we see, Miami Dolphins are absolutely killing the Bengals, even though I oh, think yeah. they've just got a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah, cool. I'm going to leave it at that. See you on New Year's Eve. Happy Christmas and take care. Ta-ra. Bye.